Blog Talk Radio. Next hour, we're going to be talking sports and having fun doing it. All your ideas, all your opinions, and all your beliefs. And, of course, you will get a heavy dose of my opinion. You have an opinion, number to call, 646 That's what we do here, blogtalkradio.com slash sports. Have fun doing it. Great show lined up for you today. Great show. And, and here's the thing. We're all loving March Madness at this point in time. You know, we're, we're loving it. We can't get enough. It's, it's been exciting as always. It's been fun as always. It, it, it's, it's been all those things. And right now, as we're watching it, seeing all the stuff going on, the upsets, the highs, the lows, everything. And right now, it's been fun. And here's the thing. These first two days, to me, this first weekend, it's where it's at. After that, it's not the same. It's still good. Don't get me wrong. It's still good. It's still great basketball. It's still competitive. It's still all those things. But at the end of the day, it's about what we see on these first few days. We have all the underdogs. We have all the possibilities for upset. We have all the, the, the top of the where you can have, like we saw yesterday, the 14th seed, Georgia State, go in there. R.J. Hunter hit the big three. His dad, you know, ruptured his Achilles. Can't move on. A, he's playing. He's rolling around there. On a little chair there, and, and, and he fell off the chair, cracked his cast. I mean, that, that's what you see during March Madness. That's the fun that you see during March, March Madness. That's the excitement that you see during March Madness. I mean, it's exciting. And then you have UAB knocking off Iowa State, another 14 seed beating a three seed. So you got the drama, and that's the fun thing. I mean, yesterday, North Carolina escaped 
against Harvard. They escaped. And so you got all those things going on, all the excitement going on, all the fun going on, all that. And that's what makes March Madness March Madness. It's beautiful, man. It really is. But anyway, great show lined up for you today. You know, Curry Sexton, wide receiver, former wide receiver from Kansas State, he's going to be joining us. We're going to talk to him about his preparation for the upcoming NFL draft. So we're going to talk to him. Also, Micah Hatchie, offensive tackle, former offensive tackle, University of Washington. He's going to be joining us. We're going to talk about his prep for the upcoming NFL draft. We've got a couple guys prepping for the NFL draft. Should be exciting. And as we go throughout the course of this hour, Kevin Durant, bad news. He possibly could be out for the rest of this season. That's a blow for OKC. We'll talk about that. Um, Chris Borland shocked us all, surprised us all. At the age of 24, steps away from the game of football. Is this going to be a trend? We'll talk about that. So we got a lot to get to. Greg Hardy, the mayor of Dallas, had some choice words for him or about him, about the signing. Also, we all know with the sportscaster in Dallas, Del Hansen, he had some choice words about Greg Hardy and the signing of Greg Hardy. I mean, it's, to me, it's all that. I'm not going to give my opinion now, but as we go throughout the course of the show, you will get my opinion, my thoughts on that particular situation. Let's just say that he without cast the first stone, and that's all I'll say about that as we move forward. But the NCAA tournament it's hot, it's heavy, it's going on right now. And, you know, we didn't, haven't had the upsets yet like we had yesterday. And, and that's the beauty of it. We haven't had the upsets yet. You know, I was watching Kentucky and, and Hampton last night just wondering how long Hampton would stick around. And kudos to that Hampton team. They fought hard, they fought long, and they battled. But they didn't have enough. They just didn't have enough. We almost saw an upset today. UC Irvine almost knocked off Louisville. And a close one, a squeaker, 57-55, Louisville escapes. That was a close one. Uh, just just ended. That was a close one. Buffalo gave West Virginia fit. But West Virginia sneaks by. Maryland right now battling Valparaiso up but four late in that game, under six minutes to go in that particular game. So that's a possibility for an upset. Upset alert, upset alert. Tonight, Duke. Robert Morris, they're about to tip off. Oklahoma, Albany tonight, 314, 116, Duke, Robert Morris. That's about to kick off. I mean, Wisconsin, Coastal Carolina, that's going to kick off tonight as well. So there's some possibilities. North Dakota State, maybe they can knock off the Zags of Gonzaga. I mean, we'll see. But there's things that could, definitely could happen, and there's, you know, we'll see. But it's definitely going to be a lot of fun tonight in the tournament has been a lot of fun. It will continue to be a lot of fun. And, and I always said this, you want the little boys, the, 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 the 15th and 16th, 13th, 14th seeds, 11th seeds, you want those teams to win some games early, but when it's all said and done, you want the big boys fighting it out. You want the best of the best fighting it out. And, you know, that's what it's all about. Let's get the big boys losing to the little boys early. But when it's all said and done, let's get those best teams. And, you know, there hasn't been a 16 who's beaten a one. So a, more, a one is always going to be around. Let, let's get ones in the final four. Let's get ones and twos in the final four. 
And that to me is all exciting, exciting. But at the end of the day, this is about Kentucky and who can beat Kentucky. Who can stop undefeated Kentucky? Six wins to 40. And they're tough. They play hard. They play tough. And, and every every single, you know, pool that you're out there, every bracket people are filling out, I mean, it, it reality is it's not about picking the world, the, the national title, because most people are picking Kentucky. It's about picking those other games. That is going to be key. It's about picking those other games. Because, again, we know, we know that Kentucky is going to be around, if not win this whole thing. They're the best team in and, and to me, that's, that's the storyline going into this tournament. Who can beat Kentucky? Who can challenge Kentucky? Who can give Kentucky their first loss? Who? That's what we've been talking about. That's key right now. Who can beat Kentucky? That's going to be the interesting thing. And I, and I think that's what we're all looking at going into this tournament. That's the question. And in terms of these lower seeds beating these higher seeds, this is just the reality of college basketball with the one-and-done phenomenon. Because you've you got teams now, these, these higher-seeded teams, they're going to stick around. I mean, they've they got players who are going to stick around four years. So they have continuity. They, they play together. They know each other's games. They're veterans. So you, you're going to see a lot of these high seeds beating up on these. You know, excuse me. Yeah, the, high, the, the lower seeds, I should say. Beating some of these high seeds because of, you know, because of the continuity that those teams have. And yesterday we saw, and how can I forget it, UCLA and SMU, the craziest ending that you'll ever see in a basketball game. I mean, goaltending on a three-point shot by Offord, Bryce Offord, the son of Steve Offord. I mean, it was a father and son day. Steve and Bryce, Ron and RJ. I mean, it was a father-son day. Ron and RJ from Georgia State. Steve and Bryce from UCLA. I mean, it was, it was father-son day yesterday in college basketball. Yesterday in the NCAA tournament. And that shot... Had no shot. <laughs> Let's be clear. That shot had no shot going in. None. None. Crazy. But, you know, he touched it. It went in. It became an issue. And ultimately, ultimately, SMU goes home. You're listening to Go For It on Block Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Go For It, Donald Faison. Your Knicks have the best chance out east, though. I will say that. The Knicks have the best chance in the Eastern Conference to beat the Miami Heat. And the Knicks have had some success against the Miami Heat in the regular season, but... That doesn't mean anything in the playoffs, time. When the playoffs come, it doesn't mean anything. I was trying to throw you a bone, man. I was trying to get your, nah. your hopes up. Come on, man. I'm a realist, <laughs> too, man. <laughs> Actor Robbie Jones. Well, we know that you know. We know that you can tempt married women. We've seen you. You, you have a pedigree. We see what you can do. We've seen it. I would never bring my wife around you. I just don't know what you're capable of. Come on now. Come on now. That's all right. That's that Robbie. That's called butter. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much. You're very, very good at your job. 
Thank you, sir. Make it fun. You really do. <laughs> so- and we're back. Blogtalkradio.com slash Gant. Go for it with Paul Gant. And we're going to bring in a guy now preparing for the upcoming NFL draft. NFL draft about 40 days away. So a lot can happen. A lot's going to be talked about. A lot's going to be discussed. And we're going to bring in a guy now preparing for the upcoming NFL draft. Let's bring him in now. Former Kansas State wide receiver, Curry Sexton. Curry, how are you? Good. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Thanks for joining us. What, now, Curry, that? let's get – yeah, we're here. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, I can yeah. hear you. Okay. Curry, you had your pro day the other day. I mean, you ran a four five five forty. As a whole, were you happy with your pro day performance? Yeah, I was pleased with how things went. Um, I don't think my numbers were anything that would blow anybody out of the water, but um, I, I performed pretty well. Uh, um, the, the on-field drills especially, I really feel like I, I opened some eyes and those. Um, but overall, I was happy with how the day went. Now, after, were, were you able to also talk to some of the scouts and the GMs there? Yeah, I don't think we had any GMs there at all okay. at our pro day. Um, but, yeah, I, I talked to some scouts. I had a couple approach me after the after – the, um, the events were over. Uh, we had the Bengals uh, wide receiver coach and special teams coach were there. Uh, we have another receiver, Tyler Lockett, who's going through the draft, who is uh, pretty heavily sought after. Um, but I, so I got to work with a you know position, one of the NFL position coaches, which is great. But yeah, I had some, I got some great feedback. Um, you know, for everybody, you know, from our from our coaching staff to the to the NFL scouts, who you know, conversing, everybody, you know, really was impressed with how I how I looked and how I ran, how you know, my routes and everything. So I was really pleased with the, how the day how the day ended up. Now, in terms of the feedback, what kind of stuff are you hearing? What kind of stuff are they saying you may need to work on? What kind of stuff are, are they happy with when it comes to your performance and what you uh, did on the field? I think. I mean, I think the biggest thing is uh, you know just keep improving. In every aspect, you know, you can never be good enough at anything. I think, you know, everybody's pleased with my route running and, and my hands, obviously. Um, but I think, you know, the biggest thing is keep trying to improve your speed. Obviously, improve, uh, you know, releases at the line of scrimmage, stuff like that, because, you know, getting off jam against the NFL cornerbacks is a lot tougher than it is in college. Um, but for now, it's just, you know, trying to work on your craft as much as you possibly can and get ready for a camp. Um, you know, I'll, I'll never stop trying to improve every aspect of my game because, um, you know, the minute you stop doing that, the minute is the minute your your career is uh, is over with. So, uh, you know, I'm just trying to trying to shore everything up and get everything fine tuned for whenever whenever the time comes. We're talking to former K State wide receiver Curry Sexton and Curry. Curry, your agent has compared you to guys like Wes Welker, Cole Beasley. Do you agree with that comparison? Yeah, I would say those are guys that I'm pretty comparable to, okay. um, and not just because of the. Not just because of the size and, and other attributes, but just, uh, I mean, I, I I would say my style of play is similar to those those guys. You know, where all of all of the guys you mentioned and, and several more, you know, the, the undersized, maybe um, not not as athletic or explosive as other receivers. You know, un- type of guys who play the slot, who you know, who work you know by being crafty and savvy to get open and having good football IQ. I would say, you know, in, in similar way, in in different ways, I'm similar to all of those guys. Okay. And like we said earlier, you had your pro day. What do you do now from this point on? What is your preparation like? Uh, um, now you kind of change up your, your workouts. Uh, you know, for pro day, you're just really working on all your speed and explosion and, and getting all the drills that you do at the pro day fine-tuned. Now it's really about getting in the best shape that you possibly can be in, um, doing it, you know, lifting heavy, uh, running a lot, getting in great condition, 
but also, you know, working on your routes, you know, working, you know, working, catching as many balls as you can and, and doing all those little things as well as, you know, if you watch a little bit of film, you got to keep, keep doing that stuff too to keep your mind sharp. So now it's just kind of, you know, it's a waiting game. Now you're just, you know, you're, you're working out as much as possible, staying in great shape and just, just hoping for a call whenever that might come. For sure. 2014 was a breakout year for you, 79 catches, over 1,000 yards, five touchdowns, and that was more than you had combined in the first three years of your college career. What made 2014 a breakout year for you? What happened? I think more than anything, I think I was just given an opportunity. Um, You know, I was behind some really great receivers my first couple years there. Obviously, Tyler Lockett um, was in my class, and he's going to be a second, third-round draft pick most likely. Uh, we had Chris Harper, who was another – he was a fourth-round draft pick with the Seahawks a couple of years ago. And we had several other guys who I was slotted behind my first couple of years. Um, Tremaine Thompson was another guy who got picked up by the Falcons last year for a little bit. Um, so I think, you know, I just – I was given an opportunity. I was put in a, you know, in a position where I worked mostly inside in the slot against safeties and, and linebackers, and I was able to, you know, kind of succeed succeed in there and, uh, and and do some do some good things. So I think, you know, just having the opportunity as well as being – a another year seasoned, you know, working a year within the system and just bettering myself uh, going into my senior year. I think that all those things played a role in, in having a good season. Now, have you been working out with Tyler Lockett at all? Oh, uh, yeah. We, we, well, he trained out in California, and I was in Colorado prior to Pro Day. But we uh, we came back uh, five or six days before Pro Day, and, we, and you know, we, threw, we, we ran a lot of routes and stuff together. And he went back to California for a little bit after the Pro Day. But now we're both back, and we'll start – We'll start doing a lot of stuff together here after the spring break week is over. We're talking to former Kansas State wide receiver Curry Sexton. And, Curry, your uncle John Dorsey, he's a GM for the Kansas City Chiefs. Is it possible that Uncle John and the Chiefs could call your name on draft day? Is it possible? You know, I honestly don't know um, how how that might work out. Obviously, I, I think, you know, he's got to do it what's in the best interest of his team and his roster. And I don't expect him to do any favors, and I don't think he would, you know, I don't think he would, he's not the type of guy who would waste a draft pick on a family member if he didn't feel I was worthy of it. Now, obviously, right. I, I hope that I'm worthy of it, and I hope, you know, possibly that could happen, or any, any of the other 31 teams might call my name, but, uh, you know, I'm really not, I don't expect a handout from him, and, and he's not the type of guy who would do that. So, I'll, I look at them the same way as I look at the other te- 31 teams. Now, have you gotten any advice from uh, your uncle John Dorsey during this time? Yeah, he did. You know, he just says don't don't let it stress you out. Just control what you can control. Be who you are, and then everything else will fall into place. He just, you know, he he doesn't he doesn't freak try to freak you out too much. Okay, okay. Now we saw switching gears. Now we saw this week we we uh, Chris Borland of the Forty ers He walked away from the game of football. Seeing things like that, does it give you second thoughts about you going after your NFL dreams? No, I, I not at all. Um, obviously, okay. he made a he made an educated decision that, that he felt was right for for him and you know his family and his future, and you have to respect that because of of some of the rigors that come with playing football. But I think as a competitor and as a as a young football player with a dream, I don't think I would be doing myself justice to be thinking about that. Uh, just because if you're thinking about that stuff, then you're thinking about the wrong things. For sure, for sure. We're talking to Kansas State wide, former Kansas State wide receiver Curry Sexton. Now, Curry, I want to ask you this right now. Uh, I'm looking at some mock drafts. At this point, it looks like you may go undrafted. Have you heard anything in terms of your name possibly being called on draft day? Uh, I, I think, you know, just from talking to my agent and stuff, uh, there's always a slight possibility, but 
after the you know after the sixth, seventh, I mean after the fifth round, nobody really knows what's going to happen in those right. in those later rounds. Um, so obviously at this point, I, I would my expectations uh, would be that I would be an undrafted free agent. But obviously, you never know. You know, there there's been a lot of cases where guys aren't expected to get drafted and their name gets called. So you just kind of kind of got to expect anything at this point in my situation. Now, do you expect to get any trials with any team uh, as the draft approaches? Uh, you know, I don't know how, how all that happens or how all that works out, but I, um, at this point I'm hoping for some, but I wouldn't, I'm not necessarily expecting any. Okay, okay. As a whole, at the end of the day, why should any team give an opportunity to Curry Sexton? Uh, you know, I think just, uh, you know, I'm a guy that's going to come and work hard. You know, I, I have a good football IQ. Um, and I, you know, I'm a guy who's going to do anything he can to help contribute to the team, special teams, you know, offensive receiver, anything. I'm going to do whatever I can. So I think I'm just a, a guy that, you know, anybody could use in their locker room. For sure. And fans, make sure you follow this man's journey on Twitter at csexton underscore 14 and support all the great things going on with Curry Sexton. Curry, pleasure talking to you, man. Wish you nothing but the best of luck moving forward. Let's do it again. Before we get you out of here, Who's going to win the NCAA tournament? Who you got? Uh, I'm, I'm going to take the easy, easy Kentucky. Okay. Okay. I can't argue with you. I can't argue with you. Yeah. <laughs> who, who are they going to play? Do, do, do you have? Do you have a? Did you fill out a bracket this year? Yeah. I, I, for some reason, I think they got, they got, they got, they got some. They got some length, and they can shoot the three ball. So. So you said Gonzaga. You kind of broke up, broke up there. You said Gonzaga. Yeah. Okay, you said Kazaka possibly could give Kentucky uh, uh, a game and maybe shock Kentucky. We'll see. Should be a lot we'll of fun. Yeah, Pleasure talking to, to you, man. Good so far. Thank Go you. Ahead. I appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. Take care. You too. Curry Sexton, wide receiver, former wide receiver, Kansas State. Pleasure talking to him. Wishing nothing but the best of luck moving forward. And, and back to the NCAA tournament, he brought up a good point. You're going to need a team that can shoot the three ball. Maryland's a team that can shoot the three ball. You know, as he said, Gonzaga. You know, you, and, and here's the thing about this tournament. We know Kentucky is the best team coming into this tournament, the best team in college basketball. But the reality is, in a, in a one-and-done situation, anything is possible, anything can happen, and, and guys can get hot, guys can get on fire, and, you know, you could do some amazing things. How about Villanova? Georgetown was at 85. Villanova was shot about 60% in that game. I mean, you, that's the type of game and the type of performance that's going to be needed by some team if they want to beat the Kentucky Wildcats, flat out, point blank. Let's go to Chris Borland now. We saw it this week, Chris Borland, you know, stud middle linebacker for the San Francisco 49ers, you know, replaced Patrick Willis when he went down. And Patrick Willis is a guy now who retired, another guy who retired young. You know, Jason Worlds retired young. Locker, Jake Locker retired young. I mean, you got a lot of guys retiring young. And, and you know, Maurice Jones Drew, he was only 30 years old when he, when he left. So you got a lot of guys who, who made the decision and, and said to themselves, football at this point in time is not as, port, not as important as life. Football at this point in time doesn't trump life. And so you got to respect that. You definitely got to respect it. And so, and I, and I can't knock anybody, you know, and, and, you know, you see the, the, the sad stories of guys, you know, Andre Waters, you know, Dave Dorson, you know, guys who've had issues with CTE 
And and so you see it, and you understand it, and you get it. You get it. And and Chris Borland, even Jason Worlds, I mean, there's reports that possibly he walked, he left uh, because of religious reasons. He was, he was uh, you know, on a different path. Yeah, that hasn't really truly been confirmed. But, you know, guys walk away for whatever reason. And, you know, Borland walked away, you know, at the age of 24. And, you know, his, his, He's going to go out now, and you know I know his father is a financial advisor or some kind of financial company and whatnot. So you know, with that being said, he's going to probably be. He comes. He has an education. He has an education, which is important, and maybe he's going to he's going to use that education. He's going to use that education. I don't think this is going to create some kind of trend, and I don't think this is necessarily a trend uh, moving forward. I just think these are guys. In Borland situation, world situation, guys who, who who felt like they wanted to do something better at this point in their lives. And here's the reality of the situation: these are young men, and and Jason Worlds walked away from a lot of money. And Chris Borland, if he continued on the the, the path that he was going, he probably would have made a lot of money as well. But you, you look at these guys, and and, and the money uh, aspect of it all, and the money that they walked away from. I mean, Worlds, you know, he was a, he was a coveted free agent, and he walked away. And like I said, Borland was on his way. And you walk away from these things, and, and, and you wonder, I mean, is this going to be a trend in terms of moving forward in the National Football League, guys walking away because of the concussions, because of the physicality and, and of the game and the, the possibilities of, of, of debilitating lifelong injuries? I mean, is that, the, is that why guys are walking away and, and saying, you know what, I want more, I want something different? I want to be able to walk. I want to be able to hold my kids. I want to be able to to have a nice life and, and all those other things. And, you know, you get all that. But here's the thing. I don't think this is going to be – I don't. Th- again, this is not some kind of trend. I don't see this uh, a trend like this moving forward. I think these are just, like I said, individuals doing what they want to do and feeling like they have more uh, to give at this point in time to, you know, in other aspects of their life than to football. But at the same time, don't <laughs> – these are young guys. They could, could come back. They could come back. But also – you know, it goes to and, and Chris Borland, family-wise, is seems to be in decent shape financially. And I don't know Jason World's financial situation, but he did make a boatload of money last year. So the, the reality is also you wonder, you know, there there could be some guys who are in a position to be able to walk away, and there also could be some guys in a position that say, you know, what I got to feed my family. I'm coming from a poor situation, and I got to do what I got to do to feed my family. And you know, Borland obviously wasn't in that position because he was able to walk away. But there are guys who do and, and have been in that position. I was reading an interesting article today on uh, Philly.com um, about Andre Waters. And Andre Waters, you know, he was a guy that, you know, wanted to do what he had to do to feed his family. Andre Waters played hard. He played hard. He came from a very poor situation. Ultimately, sadly, he, he ended up killing himself. And, and that, that's a sad situation. But anyway, you, you look at it, and, and all the things that happened to Andre Waters, his brain was uh, of that of an elderly patient, dementia patient. I mean, that, that's, that's something. That's something you have to, to think about. I mean, he's 44 years old. His mind is that of an, old, an older person. You know, that's a lot. You know, Andre Waters, like I said, grew up in a, in a, uh, a poor situation. And in this article, he said there was a quote where he once told his agent, quote, if I don't do this, I'm going to be out of a job, and I can't feed my family. And Chris Borland is not in that situation where he has to feed his family. 
Andre Waters was. And he had to do what he had to do, ultimately, to try to feed his family. And Andre Waters, man, he was one of the roughest and the dirtiest football players out there. He hit hard. And, you know, the, the rules were a lot different when Andre Waters played. You know, guys were leading with their head. You know, guys were – even the, the, the knowledge that we have about concussions were a lot different. I mean, the concussion science is a new science. You know, we're still learning about this whole thing. I mean, there's thoughts out there that if you – every, uh, every uh, uh, collision, there's a level of brain trauma. And so if you're an offensive lineman, for example, you know, you're having a collision on every single play. You know, every single play that you're out there. So if you're out there for 60, 70, 80 snaps, you know, you're having 60 to 70, 80 hits per game or or 60 or 70, 80 uh, opportunities for trauma, brain trauma. So that's something to to be thought about. And, you know, football, boxing, these these sports are contact sports. There's no getting around the contact. You can't avoid the contact. The contact is unavoidable. It's unavoidable contact. You can't avoid it. Can't be avoided. Impossible to avoid. Avoid, I should say. You can't do it. The contact is going to be there in the big aspect of the sport. Now, you can do what you can do in terms of rules to try to prevent some of these collisions, but at the end of the day, these collisions are going to happen. And boxing, the, the whole, the, the, I mean, football and boxing, you know, it's hit. You got to hit the guy. In order to get the guy to the ground, you got to tackle him. In order to move a guy around the way, you got out of the way, you got to hit him. You got to push him. You, you got to be physical with him. So that's the way those sports work. In boxing, if, if I want to beat you, I got to hit you. I can't just move around the ring. I got to score with punches. I got to score with punches. And that's what you got. That's what I got to do. And so that's the, the physical nature of that sport and the physical nature of football. It, it, it can't be – there's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do. It's innate. It, 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 it's what it is. That's the game of football. That's the sport of boxing. It's contact. And so, guys, maybe you're saying, I, I don't want this. And, again, I don't think this is going to be a trend. But uh, And we'll see. And, and But they're also, you know, you got to wonder this. Moving forward, a lot of people are, are preventing them ki- their kids from playing football and, and steering their w- kids away from football. Just like you've got a lot of, a, a large p- group of people steering their kids away from boxing. And so will boxing and football be similar sports in, in terms of you're going to have a bunch, you're going to have a lot of poor individuals going towards the sport because it's their opportunity for a come up. It's their opportunity out the ghetto. It's their opportunity to, 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 to make some money. Is that something we're going to see moving forward? And, and it's going to be – and, you know, you look at the sport of football, I mean, what, 70% black. I'm not saying all those people, blacks, those 70% of blacks come from impoverished situation, but there's a portion of them that do. And those that do come and are going to continue to come because it's their way out just like those who, who gravitate towards the sport of boxing. It's their way out. I mean, a guy like Floyd Mayweather, millions upon hundreds upon hundreds of million dollars he's made. Not an educated man. You know, we, we've seen the, some of the clips of his reading ability. He may not be, he may not, he can read, but he's not the most fluent of readers. 
But at the end of the day, he's making a living for his family and make, making a living for himself and making millions upon millions of dollars and making more money than that educated accountant, making more money than that educated lawyer, making more money than that educated judge. So we're going to – we I don't know – I'm not going to say this is a trend. And I'm not going to say that at all, but it, it could be. I don't think it is, but it could be. It could be. should be interesting. But Chris Borland has walked away, and we'll see if he'll come back. And I'm not going to close the door for him not to come. I'm not closing that door because he's a football player at the end of the day. And, and uh, you know, that's what he's done throughout the course of his life. And I know he has other interests, but that's who he is. That's a big part of who he is. So I, I think he eventually w- – I think there's a, possibility, a great possibility he could come back. Jason Worlds, I think, is a great possibility he could come back. Even Locker, great possibility he can come back. I mean, you got guys – they may go out and locker, you know, who's been banged up throughout the course of his career. He might go out and say, you know what, I feel good now. I feel better now. And, and now I can go back out and, and perform. I can go back out and have success. I mean, that that could be the case with that guy. But we'll see. T- time will tell. Should be an interesting thing. We'll see if this will be tr- the trend moving forward. Guys walking away from the sport of football early. We shall see. You're listening to Go For It on Block Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Go For It, Donald Faison. Your Knicks have the best chance out east, though. I will say that. The Knicks have the best chance in the Eastern Conference to beat the Miami Heat. And the Knicks have had some success against the Miami Heat in the regular season, but that doesn't see mean it. anything in the playoffs time. When the playoffs come, <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. I was, uh, trying to throw you, you know I was trying to throw you a bone, man. I was trying to get your, nah. your hopes up. Come on, man. I'm a realist, <laughs> too, man. <laughs> Actor Robbie Jones. Well, we know that you know. We know that you can tempt married women. We've seen you. You, you have a pedigree. We see what you can do. We've seen it. I would never bring my wife around to. I just don't know what you're capable of. Come on now. Come on now. That's all right. That's that Robbie. That's called butter. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much. You're very very good at your job. Thank you, sir. Make it fun. You really do. <laughs> and we're back. Go for it, blog. Talkradio.com slash pgan. Paul Gann here talking sports and having fun doing it. We're going to bring in a guy now preparing another guy, preparing for the upcoming NFL draft. The NFL draft, as we said, is right around the corner. It's close. This guy has a pro day coming up soon. And, you know, obviously you want to impress during your pro day because you obviously you want to impress so you could get drafted. And so if you don't get drafted, teams will still be, you know, teams will still have you on their radar and may bring you in as an undrafted free agent. So pro days are big. They're important. Let's bring him in now, a guy preparing for the upcoming NFL draft, former offensive tackle for the University of Washington, Micah Hatchie. Hatchie, excuse me. Micah. Yo, it's Micah right here. How are you, sir? Good, how are you? Doing well. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Now, Micah, as we said, your pro day is coming up April 2nd. Talk about your preparation as you have this pro day coming up. What are you doing to prepare for this pro day? Um, well, I'm just training out here in Hawaii. Um, I'm training with um, this trainer named Chad Ike, and he's just helping me get right, uh, getting ready for my pro day. He's just helping me get my strength back. Uh, working on my bench, my running, 
my agility, just getting ready for all the drills that can help me impress the scouts and now, also I, helping me ahead. in position drills as well. Now, do you feel like at this point in time you're, you're close to being in the best shape in your, of your life? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Okay. I feel I feel pretty good. I feel stronger as well too, so okay. that's a big plus for me. For sure. And you're de- when you uh, have this pro day, you're definitely going to do the bench press. Yeah, I will. Okay. All right. All right. How many reps of 225 have you gotten to this point? Uh, I've done around 30 already. Okay. So hopefully okay. by uh, the pro day, I'll hit more than 30 plus. Do you plan? Are you going to run the 40? I will. All right. I'll and probably. Go ahead. I think I'm going to do all the drills. So. All right. All right. All right. So it should be an exciting time and a great opportunity for you. Yep. And obviously, pro, the pro day is very important for you. And and talk about. Do you feel any pressure going into this? Uh. Kind of. Yeah. Just saying that. Uh, this is like a big stage for my upcoming future. To help me to see if it'll if this will help me get drafted or up up my draft stop. Okay. So I'm I'm just trying to work my foot off here to perform well when I go through my pro day. We're talking to former. But other other than that, but other than that, I'm just glad I'm able to get this opportunity and have fun. So. For sure, we're talking to university former University of Washington offensive tackle Micah Hatchie. And, Michael, you played in the NFL PA Collegiate Bowl. Talk about your experience and talk about what you did. Do you feel like you impressed during that particular game? Oh, yeah. I think I I got myself out there. And I okay. I did play my best. But I feel like I could have done a little bit better in some situations as well. But it's just about going out there, doing what you have to do, have fun, um, and just show what you got. Now, there's been some talk that possibly on the next level you may move inside as a guard or even possibly as a center. Is that something you're open to doing? Yeah, uh, I've heard about that too, and I have no problem with that. I'll, just, I'll play wherever they need me, need me to play. And how how much center have you played? Or guard, uh, for that matter. Center, I haven't played that since high school, but okay. I, I've still been – Taking some reps with my my trainers and all that, just okay. and uh, going through footwork and all that. It's something that you would feel comfortable doing. Yeah. Okay. I have. I wouldn't mind doing it. <laughs> if they now, need help there, I'll I'll, I'll go. <laughs> definitely, definitely. A- anything that you got to do to get on an NFL roster for sure. Yep. Now they're also when when scouts are talking about you, they talk about your agility. Talk about your agility and talk about how that helps your game. Uh, well, I've been told that my footwork is pretty good. So, ever since high school, my my high school coach and my dad they always sent me to camps. And at the time, I wasn't like that good at footwork. But in going through the weeks, going through the camps and everything, the coaches started helping me um, get faster helping me with all my footwork and my, these drills that they made me do. And through, through the weeks, I progressed every week. And ever since then, my, my footwork's been pretty good, pretty awesome. So 
at the end of the day, what do you feel like you need to work on or, or get better at if you want to be successful on the next level? Honestly, I would say everything. I, I wouldn't want to be satisfied at just one area or just one one uh, position, but uh, I would want to um, work on everything that I've been going through ever since I ever since I started in high school. I would go back to my basics and go up to what I know now, just to keep it in rhythm. For sure. We're talking to former University of Washington offensive tackle Micah Hatchie. And, Michael, Micah, excuse me, at this point, based on some of the mock drafts that I see, there's a possibility that you could go late in the draft or even possibly go undraft, go as an undrafted free agent. What are you hearing mm-hmm. at this point? Um, I mean, the same thing you are. Uh, okay. <laughs> but to me, it doesn't matter. Okay. Uh, it would be good to get drafted. But if not, then I'll just go out there and do and hopefully go from there. For sure. And at the end of the day, why should any team give you an opportunity? Why should any team draft or even sign Micah Hatchie? Because I'll go out there and do whatever I can to help them fight um, and help them reach their goal and hopefully go on to the Super Bowl. For sure, for sure. And you're out there a beautiful sunny, lovely Hawaii, uh, and got people out here on the East Coast, it's the first day of spring and we're still getting snow. I mean, so you got a lot of people oh, out here that's jealous of you. Man, well, whoever's out there, just come to Hawaii. I'll meet you guys over here. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, don't say that too loud. <laughs> you might have a bunch of people knocking at your door. <laughs> come on over. <laughs> Micah, it was a pleasure talking to you, man. We wish you nothing right, but the you best too. of luck moving forward. Let's Thank do you. it again. Micah Hatchie, former offensive tackle for the University of Washington, as he prepares for the upcoming NFL draft, which is right around the corner. And, you know, we, we let's say stay in the NFL. Actually, let's go to the NBA. Kevin Durant, we got about 18 minutes left, so i got to get this in. Kevin Durant, been shut down for a period of time, shut down for now. No more basketball activities getting shut down. There's a good possibility Kevin Durant could be shut down for the season. You look at OKC, you look at uh, them, and, 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 you know, they went to the finals that one year where they had James Harden with them, um, and they lost to the Miami Heat, lost to the Heat in, what, five. And then the following year they trade James Harden. Um, Kevin Durant gets uh, – Westbrook gets hurt, and they lose in the second round to the Grizzlies. Then the next year um, – Durant, Westbrook, they're back together. They Last year, they ultimately get to the Western Conference Finals. They lose to the Spurs. Now this year, Westbrook, uh, Durant started the year hurt, came back. Westbrook got hurt, came back. And you look at OKC, and, and they're battling for that eighth and final spot for the NBA playoffs in the Western Conference. But here's the reality of it. I think they'll get that eighth spot. I think they'll edge out the Pelicans. But I, I, I also say this, and, you know, there's, it's going to be tough. You know, Serge Ibaka had surgery. He's out to the playoffs if there is playoffs. And Enos Kantner, the, the big man that they acquired from Utah, who's been giving them solid minutes and playing some big-time basketball, well, he's banged up. And, and so 
OKC right now is in a tough situation. I mean, they're battling for their lives. The, the Pelicans, I thought, would go away, but they haven't. Kudos to Anthony Davis, Monty Williams, and, the, and Tyreek Evans and the Pelicans. But the Pelicans aren't going away. They're a game back of OKC. And so you look at OKC without Ibaka. You look at OKC without Kevin Durant. Westbrook is going to have to continue to play MVP caliber basketball. He's going to have to continue to put up big-time numbers if OKC wants to stay in this playoffs. He's going to have to. Without Durant, without Ibaka, he's going to have to. The question becomes, can he? Can he do it? I think he can. I think he can, but at the end of the day, OKC is not is not making any type of noise in the playoffs without Kevin Durant. They're not going it, to it, it's just not going to happen. They're not. Without Durant, their chances of making noise are slim and none as far as I'm concerned. I mean, they, they could they could uh, uh, they could give Golden State a series but they don't have a shot of beating Golden State. They have a shot of beating Golden State if Kevin Durant is out. And we don't know if Durant will ever be that this season. And that's big. That's big. And so I look at the situation with OKC, and, you know, you, you just it, it just makes you think about, you know, capitalizing on opportunities, and OKC couldn't do it. I bet you they would love to have James Harden now, but they made the decision to give – a Baca, Sergi Baca, the money in ter- instead of, of James Harden. And, and at the time, it wasn't a bad decision. It seemed like a good decision at the time. But James Harden put up 50 points last night and is having an MVP caliber season. Not many expected that from James Harden. But he's, he's doing it. He's playing. And so there was talk that Kevin Durant would come back. He was on his way back. But now... You know, he's going to be a free agent in 2016. So the pressure, I guess, on some respect could be on OKC to eventually break through if, you know, if they want to keep Kevin Durant, break through or, or get close to breaking through. And they're going to be close to breaking through or if not breaking through if they have Durant and Westbrook. They're still going to be there if those guys are there, healthy. And so we'll see what happens. He's going to get reevaluated in about a week or two. And... We'll see what happens. We'll see if, if Kevin Durant's going to come back. But he's still having soreness. And, you know, Sam Presti, the GM for, the, for OKC, said unless he's able to be back on the floor without soreness, he won't be back on the floor. So whatever that means, he may not be back on the floor. And if he's not back on the floor, OKC has no shot, no shot of making noise in the playoffs. They stayed, they'll, they'll make the playoffs, but he has no shot. No shot. They have no shot of making any noise, any whatsoever. We'll see what happens with this story. Paul George. Paul George is, is, could be back on Saturday. Paul George. You remember Paul George, who, the great Paul George, who had that horrific and gruesome leg injury? Oh, well, he's back. He could return to action in days. 
in a matter of days, according to sources. It's been practicing for a while now, for a few for weeks, and but it's kind of conflicting in terms of what's been said. I mean, there's a report in Indianapolis Star, an unnamed Pacers team, that said Paul George was not even close to being 100%. And, well, if that's the case, if he's not even close to being 100% and not 100%, I don't think he should be back on the floor. You, the Indiana Pacers, are not a championship-caliber team. You have a, well, no, they're not a championship-caliber team. They're not. But they have a chance to scare people. That's all they would do is scare teams. But they're not championship-caliber. And if this guy is not 100%, if, if players are, are saying he's not 100%, then it doesn't make sense to put him out there. You know, you want this guy, he's, the, he's your franchise guy. So you want your franchise guy to be right. There's no use forcing your franchise guy back for a season that will end possibly in a first-round loss. I mean, it's probably going to end in a first-round loss, so it doesn't make any sense to force your franchise guy to come back. does not make sense What? So, ever. Hey, he could play within a week. Who knows? We'll see what happens. Greg Hardy and the Dallas Cowboys signed Greg Hardy in a move that, you know, it was a great move for the Cowboys. I mean, you get a guy who can rush the passer and cause havoc. I mean, that's big. One year, $11.3 million deal with the Dallas Cowboys. At this time, he's on the commissioner's exempt list. And we don't, as you know, he was suspended for a great part of the 2015 season and uh, 2014 season. Well, not suspended, but he was put on the exempt list. He still got paid, but he couldn't play. <clears throat> Excuse me. But the reality is, and you know, you got fans, some fans up in arms. You got the mayor of Dallas coming out and and saying some things. You got Dell Hanson coming out, a sportscaster in Dallas, saying some things. You got people coming out. You know, you got some uh, groups coming out saying some things. And here's my thing, and here's what I'll say to all of that. First and foremost, I mean, be as it may, you know, it's not fair in terms of – I wouldn't even say fair. Look, I look at it from this standpoint. Um, you look at Greg Hardy. At the end of the day, yes, he was convicted by a judge, but the law is the law, and the law of North Carolina, you have an opportunity to appeal it to a jury trial. Well, he was in the process of appealing that and going to trial. Ultimately, he paid a little money, and, you know, the, the woman, she walked away from the situation. So he, he threw money at the situation, and the money took the woman away, the, the accuser away, and she didn't cooperate, and ultimately the case was thrown out. Now, whether you hate it, whether you love it, in terms of the law, in the eye of the law, he's an innocent man. He's an innocent man. You may not like it. You may not even agree, but he's an innocent man. And here's the thing also, Dale Hansen, um, the mayor of Dallas, you know, coming out and, 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 and crucifying this guy and, and, and saying that, you know, let me read the quotes uh, from the mayor of Dallas, Mike Rollins. And Mike Rollins said, quote, I'm a big Cowboys fan. I love, to, I love them to death and want them to beat the Eagles every time they play. But at some point, being a sports fan gets trumped by being a father, husband, and wanted to do what's right for women. So this is not a good thing. I don't think I'll be buying Hardy jerseys anytime soon. He also went on to say, in talking about the decision for the Cowboys to sign Greg Hardy, he says this decision makes him take a pause. Makes him take a pause. And I look at it this way. Here's the thing I look at. And, you know, 
Greg Hardy obviously is not a saint. Greg Hardy may have done some vile things to that particular woman. But Greg Hardy is afforded an opportunity, as far as I'm concerned, of a second chance. You may not agree with that. And what he did wasn't good. But how long do we hold that against him? How long do we brand him with that? Can't this guy, doesn't this guy get an opportunity to rewrite his script? Doesn't he get an opportunity to, to change the ending of his story? And, and I feel like, you know, guys aren't really giving him that opportunity. And I feel like there's people out here who act like they've never done anything wrong in their life. And Mike Rollins, maybe he's doing this for some kind of political gain because, gain, because this is easy. I mean, if you're a politician, this is easy money here. This is easy to, to, to go against this signing. That's easy. That's easy. It's so easy to go against this signing and, and look good and sound good saying it and, and talking about this. That's the easy part. That's easy. If you're a politician, this is right down your alley. I'm not saying he's doing that, but it's understandable if he is. But also look at it this way. At the end of the day, Greg Hardy is an innocent man, fair or unfair. At the end of the day, Greg Hardy is, in my opinion, is afforded another opportunity to play in this league. At the end of the day, Greg Hardy also should be afforded the opportunity to rewrite his story and his ending. He may be a bad guy. He may not. He may be a good guy who made a bad decision. A good guy who did a bad thing. He may be that. Or he could just be a bad guy. Time will be the judge of that. But it's not for, I don't think it's for us to judge this man. In the terms of suspension, he could get six. He could get two. We'll see. He's going to get something, I believe. I don't think you can let him get away with nothing. I think you can. I think you should. I think we should just move on from this whole situation. But I don't think that's going to be possible. So we'll see how the NFL handles this situation. We'll see if he gets suspended and, for, and also for how many games. And can the people, the public, Joe Public, can Joe Public move past everything that's going on? And I look at it this way. I think Joe Public will forget if Greg Hardy is, is racking up the sacks left and right. I think the Cowboys fans will forget if Greg Hardy. They'll forget on some level. They're not going to completely forget, but they're going to forget enough, I think, if he's producing, if, if he's sacking the quarterback 10, 15 times, if he's wreaking havoc in the backfield, if he's putting up big-time numbers, if he's making the Cowboys' defense better, if he's helping the Cowboys become Super Bowl champions, people will forget there's no choir boys in life. There's no choir boys in the National Football League. And there's no choir boys in life. We can't have a, you're not going to have a roster of 53 choir boys. Doesn't make it right what Craig Hardy did. Not at all. But in the end, he should get an opportunity. In the end, and with all the lawsuits and the league has been losing, they lost Adrian Peterson, they lost to Ray Rice. At some point, do you just say, you know what, 
We keep losing. We're probably going to lose again. Let's just move on. Let him play. And let's just let, let's move on. And, you know, let's call last year his suspension. And let's just move on from this. I mean, that that may be what the NFL does in the end, at the end of the day. That's what the NFL may just do. We'll see. But I, I think, again, this guy should be afforded the opportunity of another chance. He, he should give, be given another chance. And I hope if, you know, the, when this chance does happen, and he's signed, but we'll see what happens in terms of a suspension. But I hope they take advantage of it, and I hope he rewrites his story. Speaking of a guy whose story was just an awful story, an awful situation, Darren Sharper. I mean, who knew? Who knew? I mean, this guy, you know, he took took a plea. Uh, he entered a plea today, took a plea bargain today. Um, it's crazy. You know, done this in, you know, sexual assault allegations in New Orleans and uh, Las Vegas and Phoenix. I mean, this guy is all across the country, you know, doing vile things to women. And it, it's just amazing. You know, they said the New Orleans charge, in the world, they said he allegedly sexually assaulted three women in 2013. Obviously, there's something wrong mentally. Obviously, he's getting off of it. He's not a bad-looking guy. You know, he's a former NFL player. He was on the NFL Network. So he had some things going for him. And to think, he's out there now doing vile things. Well, he did vile things to women, drugging them and, and, and you know, taking advantage of them. It's it's It's... It's amazing. It's an amazing story, an amazing fall from grace for Darren Sharper. He'll never be looked at the same. This is a guy who won't be afforded a second chance. He might not be getting, he's not getting out of jail anytime soon. Anytime soon. He's not getting out of jail anytime soon. He's going to be in there for a while. And maybe he can rewrite his story. Maybe he can rewrite his story. In jail, it's always possible. It's always possible. But apparently, the, the, he he pled in Arizona. Um, so, wow, it's crazy. He's got some hearings in Los in Los Angeles. He was charged today with with wow, drugging and raping two tourists and at a hotel in Las Vegas. This is amazing. It's just an amazing fall from grace. It's just sad. It's sad. You feel for the women, obviously. Feel for you. Just feel for the women. And you feel for him. You want him to also get himself straight. I want to thank Curry Sexton for stopping by. I also want to thank Micah Hatchie for stopping by. You can listen to this show and other great shows. BlogTalkRadio.com slash PKM where you can listen to this show and other great shows. Follow us on Twitter at go for again For everybody here at go for it. we hope you have a great weekend. Enjoy the basketball. See you later. Take care. Bye.